Thank you for joining me at 9394, a music podcast with Travis Roy. How's it going? I'm excited to have back on the show my friend and former student, Pearl Joslin. She's come back to talk about the album No Need to Argue from the Cranberries. One of the bummers of doing this show set in this time period is that there have been a lot of lights that have been snuffed out prematurely, and Dolores O'Riordan is yet another. It's a fucking shame, but she left behind a pretty great body of work, and Pearl is a big fan of this album, as are a lot of people. I had a few people interested in doing this album, and I'm glad that she chose it because it was an album I hadn't spent any time with, but I have since. So thanks for joining me and Pearl. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Here we go. Good to see you again. Yeah, you too. <laughs> How you been? Anything anything good, good going on? Uh, not too much. I just got back from Milwaukee. How was that? It was fun. Yeah? What were you doing out there? Um, my dad, stepmom, and two of my siblings moved there a few years oh, ago. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So That's I was visiting cool. them. Yeah. Great. I'm glad you got to <laughs> get over there for a little while. Yeah. It's a cool city. Yeah. I've never been there. I, I actually almost moved there once. Really? Not Milwaukee, but almost to Madison. But instead, I ended up in Philadelphia, as that turned out. How is that city? What's it like? It's cool. It's very, um, if you like beer, there's a lot of beer. I do like beer. Like tons of beer. Um, you can tour the Pabst Best Brewing Company. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. They give you a beer with admission, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's cool. And there's a lot of uh, stuff to do like around the lake, if you like any lake kind of activities. I'm a Michigander, so yes, beer and lakes are kind of like in my DNA. been on the show before and welcome back um so we've already covered how you and i know one another so i will ask what's the last good beer you had oh i had i can't remember what kind of beer it was but i had a really good beer there's like a small beer place in milwaukee called Mm -hmm. draft and vessel and i had a great beer there of course i can't remember what it was (laughs) well shout out to draft and vessel yes okay shout out to draft and vessel anyway cool now, if next time in Milwaukee, I know where to go. Yeah, and they sort of relevant. They have a traditional Irish music session every Thursday night, I think. Oh, that's totally relevant. I feel like really steep, not just in Irish music listening to this album, but there's a lot of like contemporary Irish history that she's getting into uh, lyrically, yeah. which is super cool. 
Um, how did you get into this album? How did you get into this band? I actually... The Cranberries, which I haven't mentioned that yet. The Cranberries. We're talking about the Cranberries. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so unlike Cole, I don't actually have like a distinct memory of how I got into this band. Mm -hmm. I loved the Pogues growing up. Okay. And I actually, in undergrad, I studied abroad in Northern Ireland. Good. And I got more into Irish music. Okay. While I was there. I have an Irish music playlist that's literally like 15 hours long. Um, nice. I did like a deep dive, but at some point in between liking the Pogues and studying abroad, I got into the Cranberries. <laughs> that makes a whole bunch of sense. And I imagine now sometimes bands are like big in some places and like not big in their hometown or whatever, but I can only imagine that the Cranberries are really big in Ireland. Does that seem true? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good. That makes sense. <laughs> and there was a minute here where, I mean, they're still really widely respected, I think worldwide, but between this album, no need to argue that we're talking about today. And um, what's the other one called again? Everything. Uh, what's the other one called? Oh gosh. So everything I said or something. No, that's the name of the song no. from this album. Uh, everything. Everywhere, all at once. No, that's not it. Um, <laughs> shoot, I gotta look it up because I'm gonna feel like a dumb dumb when I go to edit this later <laughs> and be like, "What the hell is the name of that album?" That, that which is actually the album I was like more familiar with. Um, I really never listened to this album that much until until getting ready for this episode. Every everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? I really have a hard. Oh yeah, I have a hard time with long titles. They just leave my head. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a very long album title so it's understandable so listening to this one of the influences that i think comes clear and and no need to argue is i think they really like the smiths and the smiths like long titles so maybe that has something yeah, to do with it <laughs> that's possible <laughs> so you probably like me heard a lot of this stuff i mean you were much younger but it still would have been on the radio for you growing up stuff like zombie in particular was such a huge hit you really can't even escape it <laughs> today yeah i think i was i hadn't really listened to this album all the way through i'd heard a handful of the songs other than zombie a couple mm -hmm. of times oh i did like um an ode to my family before kind of listening all the way through that was like the other big single from the album yeah and then of course like linger some of their other like big hits um, mm -hmm. i was familiar with but i hadn't really like sat down and listened all the way through because as we discussed last time i have a problem with <laughs> expanding my uh, <laughs> knowledge of different artists that I like. Hey, no, I mean, it's, it's totally understandable. Did you get into the Cranberries while you were literally in Ireland then? Uh, no, so I was familiar with them before that, but I definitely listened to them more while I was there. Gotcha. That's cool. Is this an album you ever, I'm probably not, right? Like this would have been due to streaming by the time, right? Like you never own this or do you own it? I don't think so, no. I'm trying to go back and like rebuy stuff now unnecessarily, but yeah, it makes sense to not own this. Uh, what do you think then? Do you have a favorite song from this album? I knew you were probably going to ask me that. Of course. <laughs> and so I was thinking through it before and I narrowed it down to like four songs, but I can't <laughs> decide which one I like the most. <laughs> so my top ones would be Ode to My Family. I can't be with you. Twenty-one zombie. Okay, it's five songs and uh, <laughs> Daffodil Lament. But okay, um, so you're very much cheating. <laughs> you named half the album, but all right, we will accept this. <laughs> and Yates' grave gets an honorable mention. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, that's a lot. How to pick through that? Let's start with Zombie because that's like the big single.
So I'm not going to pick a least favorite song from this album since I was pretty unfamiliar with it before digging into it. The last couple, like actually since you and I bumped this interview back, I was kind of grateful for it because it gave me more time to spend with the album because I ended up really, really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But Zombie is probably the song I enjoy least. Really? Only because it feels to me a little bit incongruous with the rest of the album. Like I can almost like hear a studio head being like, you know, we need a grunge song on this one. Let's crank up the distortion a little bit. It's quite a rocker when the rest of the album is so ethereal and kind of like floaty. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely see that point. Yeah, so I don't think it's a bad song by any means. I always enjoyed it as a single. And again, I'm not picking like a worse song. It just seems like it stands out as like so different from the rest of the album, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what do you get from it, Zombie? Well, because I'm interested in Northern Irish political history, I am a mm-hmm. big fan of that song, um, since it's all about that. I agree with what you say, like it doesn't seem to fit very well with the rest of the album, but I think probably the way they did that song is the only way to do a song like that. That makes sense. Um, because it's such an angry song. That's a good point. It does fit the theme of the song. And Americans aren't exposed enough to the troubles and especially like specific events. Like I know that song's about it. I don't know what the specific event is, but I know it's like something very specific. Did you figure that out what it is about? I think it's, I forget what specifically it's about. I think it's about an IRA bombing. Okay. Okay. I'm always super interested in that in like people from Northern Ireland who are anti-IRA because they're typically sympathetic to the cause but not the means that they used it is a good song for sure i'm not i don't mean to come down on it okay so (laughs) then what about daffodils lament going the opposite direction right that's that's such a like again floaty that's that's the album ender right um i think it's maybe the second to last song okay i think the last song is no need to argue oh no you're right you're right which is even more like piano-y and stuff (laughs) okay so Tell me about Daffodil Lament. I think it's just a really beautiful song. I was kind of reading, I like to read a bit about other people's analysis of songs. Mm-hmm. And there were like two theories that it was either about a really bad breakup or a bad breakup and suicide. Ooh, okay. Um, I definitely got the breakup part. And oh, that reminds me, I actually should send this to a friend of mine who's who's going through a breakup. I was trying to send her like positive breakup songs. And I knew that there was one on this album, but I couldn't quite place it until we're having this conversation yeah. right now. Because it's, it's a breakup song, but it's also kind of like, this is a good thing. It's not a bummer thing necessarily. It's like, this is okay. Again, that's my interpretation of it (laughs) uh, since I didn't get to the suicide part, but I took that song to mean like, 
this is a necessary thing. This is a good thing for me. Maybe not for you, but like, this is what I need. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I'm hurting you, but like, this is how it has to be. Yeah. I kind of thought about it. I thought that maybe in a slightly different way of mm-hmm. like, it's like a painful thing. So for mm-hmm. the, like, I guess the perspective of whoever's writing it, like in the setting of the song. Yeah. But I think toward the end, when she starts like, repeating over and over and the daffodils look lovely today, it's kind of that like thing of this is really painful, but you're going to get through it. That's how I took that too. Like there's yeah. still beauty in the world kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you definitely hit on what is clearly my favorite song of this album. For me, there's a big time standout on this album and it was 21. I just really fell in love with that song. you like about it again i think it's a pretty song i guess i just uh, <laughs> yeah. that's my criteria for liking songs i'm like if it's pretty i'm a fan that's pretty much all i got for it too it's awfully pretty i don't really yeah. know what's going on maybe yeah. something happened when she was 21 i'm not terribly sure are you familiar with the band um not to make another comparison to what i assume to be their influences are but are you familiar with the british band the dream academy a little bit I know a few of their songs. Yeah, they had like a couple big hits, like Life in a Northern Town, yeah. and a bunch of stuff on the Ferris Bueller soundtrack. They had like their moment in America, but I know they were bigger in the UK. And listening to this album, and especially that song, I'm like, I would bet all of my money that at least most of the people in this band really appreciated the Dream Academy, and I do too. And it's almost like, a, I don't know what genre to put the Dream Academy in, but the cranberries to me are like a continuation of that almost shoegazy kind of eighties like feel, but still so grounded in the nineties. They're almost a throwback. I never really picked up on that until this album, which I like a lot. Yeah, there's another band too. I'm trying to remember. Oh, the Sundays. Do you know the Sundays? Yes, they're awesome. They kind of have a similar like shoegazy kind of dream pop thing going on. (laughs) You nailed it, dream pop. That's what they got going on, but they have like uh, the Cranberries have an almost more I don't want to say palatable, but like more accessible edge. It's not yeah. as airy and kind of floaty. Like there's more like sing along parts and stuff. Although they mm-hmm. don't seem super interested with like being, despite my comment about zombie, they don't seem super interested in trying to like generate singles or anything like that. Yeah. And even Ode to My Family is a really interesting single because it's an album starter. And it's not like the kind of like, like, let's kick it off the album with a big, huge single. It's actually really kind of laid back. Yeah. Reserved and restrained in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any songs that you think are less good on this album? I've already named mine, or at least, you know, that doesn't quite fit. I don't love the Icicle Melts. I think mm. partially just it's kind of an upsetting song to listen <laughs> to. That's the one I find myself. Like, I don't really skip songs on this album, but uh-huh. sometimes I skip that one because it's just 
a heavy topic. Oh my God. Like I seriously, like listening to it without digging into what it meant. I kind of went like, she talks about nine months is too long and stuff. I interpreted it at first, I mean, something along the lines of like a woman who lost a baby, maybe miscarriage yeah. or something like that. And like, there's not really a lot of songs about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. And so I like read the lyrics and then like, I'm like, wait, 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 a, wait a minute. Yeah. And I read a little bit deeper. I'm like, this is the saddest story I've ever heard. Yeah. It's just sad for everybody involved. So we won't yeah. have, we don't have to get into the details of it, but if you're interested, uh, listener, by all means, depress yourself by wikipedia that song. Yeah, and it kind of, um, going back to what you said about you can tell that they were inspired by the Smiths, um, mm. it reminds me of Suffer Little Children by the Smiths, which has a similar story behind it. And that's yeah. another song that's just like so heavy and upsetting to listen to that I usually skip it when it comes up. <laughs> Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, Icicle Melts is the one I struggled with the most listening to this album. Again, not because of the feel, but just like the lyrical content once I learned what it was about. Mm-hmm. Do you have an underrated song? Or is that somewhere mixed in the, the four or five you already chose? <laughs> well, it's kind of mixed in once I already chose, but I think Yates' is Grave. I love that song. I feel like it's partially just because I have a really strong interest in like Irish literary history. Okay. Again, that gets into, uh, or what's her name? O'Riordan is how it's pronounced, right? Dolores O'Riordan? Not sure. I, th- I should I, probably know that. But. Oh, I 100% Googled Dolores O'Riordan pronunciation about half an hour ago. For what it's worth, I've been saying O'Riordan my whole life, which <laughs> never felt right. So I figured I'd not embarrass myself, but I'll probably leave this in the pod. So I'll <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, she's really good about just grounding it in Irish history. Yeah. So you got like the contemporary stuff, like the icicle melts, which in her time would have been like very recent and then digging into Yates and getting into like the deep stuff. And of course the IRA and all that stuff makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. There's the Irish romanticism movement, which Yates was part of. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a movement that looked far back in the past, but a lot of the authors and stuff kind of had this idealized image of the past and they kind of made up some things or enhanced some things uh, mm-hmm. they liked to portray some of the like more mystical stuff as more important in early irish society okay and to me the cranberries kind of seem like a continuation of that <laughs> they're very like just the whole like very dreamlike very mystical thing that makes sense that's a theme in a lot of their songs mm-hmm yeah, that makes perfect sense. And they do seem critical of Ireland to a degree, but they clearly celebrate it uh, in yeah. a big way, for sure. So for me, I couldn't really pick a, like an underrated song since the album is new to me. So I picked the second favorite on the album, which also has, like for me, the album highlight. It's the song Ridiculous Thoughts. The outro of Ridiculous Thoughts, when she just goes off, you're going to have to hold on. And like that whole bit, I'm just like... It's happening. I'm just thinking about it and I got goosebumps. Literally, (laughs) like, it's so incredible the way she goes off like that. It's so fun. Yeah.
Do you have a highlight of the album? I think probably, I guess my highlight would be I Can't Be With You, even though it's not my favorite song on the album. I mm-hmm. think it's just, it just has such a groove to it. Yeah. second favorite <laughs> and apparently it was a single there was a video for it i'm like oh shit i was watching that this morning I'm like oh i didn't know this <laughs> I was a single. Watch that. yeah i had no idea there's a video for it turns out they're like one of those bands that like they had their official singles from this album but probably since it was so popular they just kind of kept on generating singles for their fans and stuff which is cool i will say there's a very strange lyric in that that throws me off every time well what is it which is put your hand inside my face <laughs> And every time I hear it, I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, what? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, how do, you, how do you put your hand inside someone's face without doing them great harm? Yeah. <laughs> I think that she's a really great example of a front person because she has this incredible voice and can use it in these ways that nobody else on the planet can or could. And at the same time, she doesn't go full like Jeremy Enoch from Sunny Day Real Estate where, (laughs) hey, the lyrics just don't even matter anymore now. We're just kind of getting into like sounds and like verbal, you know, experimentation. Instead, she goes off, but then there's very much narratives in her songs that are not always immediately evident, but you can dig deeper into it, which probably goes a long way towards helping people get deeper into them as a band. Yeah, definitely. And I think going back to what you said about her voice, one of the things I find really interesting about her singing style, because I'm interested in traditional Irish music, Mm -hmm. she borrows a lot from what's called, I always call it Shanos singing. Apparently that's not how it's pronounced. Apparently it's Shanos, which I learned for the first time like an hour ago. (laughs) But she does this thing that's uh, typical in that style of singing which is she sings at the top of her register and then she Mm -hmm. lets her voice pop over into her like head voice. And that's like kind of typical thing you hear in like zombie and stuff. Yeah. I always thought that was really interesting how she like carries that from the traditional Irish singing. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I didn't know that, but that makes perfect sense. She clearly is a traditionalist. (laughs) <laughs> and I love that they became big globally because this is the kind of band that could have just been big in Ireland and nobody outside of Ireland heard of it. There was people kind of wanting to do this album. I had to be like, nope, sorry. I've already promised it to someone <laughs> else because there's a lot of fans of this album that I didn't really, like I said, I didn't appreciate it properly. I don't think I was well aware of it and that they had fans, but not that their fan base was still so fervent, which is great. Do you remember mm-hmm. when Dolores O'Riordan passed? Were you a fan at the I time? I do. Yeah, I was really sad. I was heartbroken about that. What a bummer way to go. Yeah. So sad. Um, I guess I felt like I couldn't do the episode without at least touching on that sad and unnecessary loss. It's just one of those ones where it's just like, 
Well, fuck. That was such an accident, like so avoidable. Yeah. It's too bad. And 90s are, you know, obviously I'm a fan of the 90s, but they're having like a time now where it would have been cool to have a Cranberries reunion tour right about now or like next year do like a 30 year uh, tour for this album or something that we're not going to get. It's a shame. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Most of the music I listen to is like 90s or earlier. So there's only like a handful of artists that I like who are still alive or still tour. (laughs) Yeah, it's getting to be more and more like that for me too. Or I could maybe see the band, but like one of the members has left the band or passed away or something. So it's not like their true form, that kind of thing. That's like, I'll take what I can get, I guess. But but there's no replacing Dolores or Reardon. There's no, they can't just like pick up some other singer and do it. I don't think. Yeah. Do you have any specific memories tied to this album that you wanted to get into? Hmm. I definitely remember the first time I watched the zombie music video. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a very uh, visually intense video. I don't remember that much. I just remember like lots of black and white and like pictures of an old man, I think. Yeah, it's all in black and white and it follows like a group of boys that are playing in the street. I'm guessing it's supposed to be Belfast during Mm -hmm. the travels. Yeah. And in the course of the song, one of the boys gets shot and killed by one of the British soldiers. Oh, I don't remember that. I mean, I must have seen that video a million times. (laughs) You have this whole almost like dream sequence where she's in basically like a Cleopatra costume. I do remember Surrounded by all of the boys. Uh Uh-huh. And they are dancing, kind of. It's been a while, but that was one of those videos in 94. Like, And I feel like I've said this a few times on, on this show, but it's like, there was a few songs that were just so inescapable. That for yeah. three or four, maybe six months of 94, that was good luck living anywhere in the world, probably, and not hearing that song a few times a day. <laughs> yeah. Especially back when the radio was more of a thing. Yeah, I think I'm I'm lucky I kind of escaped that. I'm guessing that also probably partially informs you not being as big of a fan of the song. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. There was a little bit of uh, uh, of exhaustion with the song. I, ne- I never got like where I just straight up hated it, but you know, I've, I've heard it so many times. Especially when they do have so many other songs from this album that evidently were singles, like I Can't yeah. Be With You is, is a much more, or even Ridiculous Thoughts, to me are pop songs that didn't really get the same level of play yeah. but you know how people are they kind of latch on to one thing and move on yeah i also think after watching the zombie video for the first time i definitely googled what it was about and that was kind of my first introduction to irish political history oh really and so it kind yeah. of like kicked off a whole thing for you then yeah and that ended up i wrote both of my undergrad theses on irish political history and things related to the irish revolution so Oh my God, that's so awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure Dolores O'Riordan and the other guys from the band would be thrilled to hear that. That's awesome. The way that music can just permeate our life and send us on these directions. I love it. Yeah. Um, has this always been an album you kind of stuck with since you got into it? Or is this one that you just kind of come back and forth from? Yeah, I've definitely, I've been listening to it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's introduced me to a lot of Cranberry songs I wasn't familiar with that are some of my like top listens now. That's great. How many albums do they have? Do you know? Besides, I mean, I know they have the big two ones, and then yeah, are there those others? are the only. I think so. Those are the only ones that come to mind. I think those are their only albums that really. Those kind are of the made big ones. Big, at least in the U.S. Yeah, let's yeah. take a quick look just for fun. Let's see what came okay. after this. Oh, they have a lot of albums. To the faithful departed, which I vaguely remember. 
bury the hatchet i have no recollection of that what's oh actually i do remember this cover bury the hatchet's cover is super familiar it's a giant eyeball floating in the sky staring at a naked person crouching that is not an album cover that will escape your memory because i've seen that (laughs) (laughs) i have nothing else about it but that sticks out to me all right so clearly i need to dig in a little bit deeper because they have wake up and smell the coffee okay they went on for a while yeah. Uh, and and you know what? I'm really glad you picked this album because I think I'm going to start getting into some of this other stuff because it's they're good. They're really fucking good. Yeah, me too. It's definitely giving me some songs to add to my dream pop ladies playlist. <laughs> good. That's great. What track do you want to use to go out on for this album? Hmm. I think Yates' Grave. I think that song's underrated and I want it to be more popular. I think I'm just partial to it because it mentions one of my favorite female Irish revolutionary figures. Don't leave us hanging. Who is she? Maud Gone. Okay, why is she your favorite or one of your favorite Irish revolutionary figures? She was part of Kumanavan, which was the women's branch of the Irish Revolutionary Forces. They like changed names a few times. Mm-hmm. So she helped a lot with revolution. And actually she um I think she was one of the only women that like they eventually allowed to take up arms a couple of times. Okay. But she also, she was very close with Yeats. She was a big fixture in the kind of Irish literary world. And there's a great book in the Temple Library. I've never found it anywhere else. That's got a collection of her letters to her sister. And they're just beautifully written. That's cool. Temple Library is underrated. Their collection, not the building itself. The new building fucking <laughs> sucks, but I do love the collection. I know, I hate the new building. <laughs> I actually, awful. I bought, right before graduating, they were selling some of the furniture from Paley Library. And so I bought one of the, like, 1960s, like, bright orange gunlock chairs. That's awesome. I wish I'd been around at that point. That's great. I'm glad you got a little piece of Paley history there. The good library. Yeah, that's like my favorite purchase of all time. <laughs> that's really cool. just worth mentioning because I think it's an amazing show. There's a show that came out a few years ago called Dairy Girls by Lisa McGee. It's kind of about her own like teenage years growing up in Dairy during the Mm -hmm. Troubles or like at the tail end of the Troubles. Yeah. But they use several Cranberry songs. They use Dreams in like the opening sequence for the whole series and I think because of that there's been a bit of a revival of interest. Good. And um, because Dairy Girls got pretty big in the U.S. Yeah. I heard of it. Didn't escape my attention, but I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that it was about that. That's a lot deeper than I realized it was about. I just kind of saw it. I'm like, oh, okay. It's very funny. It's a comedy. Um, there's like a oh. handful of times where it dives a little bit deeper into the troubles, but it's mostly just about like life as a teenager. And that happens to be like the time that they're living in. But it doesn't seem to be really like a central theme in the show. That sounds pretty good. What's it on? It's on Netflix. I, oh, I have yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, you might need subtitles. The dairy accent is very strong. Oh, it's real. It's like the hardest Irish accent to understand. So, like, I'm my people are mostly Irish, and I could not think of an English dialect that I have a harder time understanding. I gave up on Peaky Blinders. I've got like three seasons <laughs> in, and then we're like, "This is work. I can't anymore." Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
for my like first week in dairy. It was so hard to understand people. And we like, I think one time we were looking for, there's a pretty well-known like fish and chip shop mm. in dairy and we couldn't find it. And we asked the guy we walked by and he answered us and we were just like, uh. <laughs> uh, we're like, okay, thank you. I'm going to wander away now. None of us understood anything he said. But now, because I spent a little bit of time there, yeah. I can luckily watch Dairy Girls without subtitles. <laughs> Maybe I'll get there with some practice. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening to anything else that you wanted to comment on? Any music that you're digging? My like first love is country music. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. What are you yeah, listening to? I'm a huge country music fan. Um, I have been listening to a lot of John Denver lately. Okay. I like John Denver, all right. And I've been listening, I always listen to a lot of Willie Nelson. Okay, so you favorite. like real country. I fucking love Willie Nelson. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> okay. You like good country. He's one of the few country artists I like who I've actually seen perform live, which was very exciting. That's awesome. I, yeah. I remember when he came to Philadelphia, I went really close to going, but like the tickets were so expensive. I was like, he's a living legend, uh, but I just can't <laughs> pull the trigger on it. But I'm, I'm really glad you got to see him live. He is like yeah. living legend. He came on like an hour late and he was totally stoned. Like, you don't very say. Clearly. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't the best performance I've seen, mm. but I think it was worth it to get to see him perform live. And he's actually coming back to Philly in August. So I might go see him. Oh, really? Yeah. I really do hate it when bands are <laughs> late for their own show. It's like, motherfucker, I dropped like a lot of money on this and yeah. I'm just sitting here. But uh, I guess Willie can do whatever he wants. He's old. Yeah. And I think my love for country music kind of predisposed me to liking Irish music. As a kid, I was a huge mm -hmm. bluegrass fan. Yep. Makes and sense. bluegrass, most of the people living in Appalachia at the time that bluegrass kind of came into existence were Ulster Scots immigrants. Mm -hmm. So that's, they were... That's me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. My people are from Appalachia. Yeah. And they're all bluegrass musicians. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a big overlap there. There's, it's always really fun. Um, when I listen to like Irish songs I haven't heard before, a lot mm -hmm. of times it'll be like slight variations on the same lyrics to like old Appalachian hymns and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really fortunate growing up, my whole family would have a family reunion and like my great grandmother had 13 kids. So there was like many many children oh, wow. that they had and that so many of them are like musicians so i grew up hearing like all of that classic bluegrass and traditional appalachian bluegrass stuff in the holler in west virginia <laughs> it's pretty great yeah I, I was lucky my parents are both from texas we don't have appalachian mm -hmm. roots but my dad's family had lived in wyoming for a long time so i kind of similarly i grew up with a lot of like old country music the good stuff yeah because like yeah i love country music too but when people say country music these days they often start talking about pop music yeah. stuff that's really just pop music and it's all about beer and fucking and i'm like yeah. i'm just not into this as a, as a subject matter i'm sorry like i need a little bit more depth yeah one time my dad was talking about alternative country and my little brother mm -hmm. who's pretty young at the time he asked him what the difference was and my dad was like, it's country music, but the people writing it are Democrats. <laughs> that's actually a pretty funny definition, and it kind of makes sense. He's like, that's the distinction between that and the like stadium country of today sometimes. I like to think of it more as like the modern outlaw country. Yeah. You know, because they're like, they're definitely outside this, the Nashville studio system, which I guess everyone is now. So maybe that's not the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> analogy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like I should mention I'm also listening to a lot of Linda Ronstadt since we're talking about a female front woman in the Cranberries. Yeah. I'm glad people are still listening to her. Yeah. 
That's great. That's good. I never got that into her, but obviously I got to respect. All right. Are you ready for your um, final 90s trivia question? Yes. <laughs> I was like uber prepared last time and I had like all these different gadgets for you to talk about. I'm a little less prepared this time. <laughs> I'm going to test your knowledge on 90s film a little bit. Are you up for that? Yes. Okay. So if you bought this album on October 4th, 1994, when it came out, if you wanted to go to the movies that following weekend, here are some of the movies that you could have seen. Okay. Some of them you're going to be very familiar with. Some of them you probably never heard of. There's a few ones that were like in theaters forever, like Jurassic Park, 70 weeks in the fucking theaters. That's a year and a half. That's, that's, I'm not going to count that one. Um, but like, for instance, that week, uh, what came out was the film Only You with Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei. Quiz show? Are you familiar with that movie? I'm not. All right. I can find one that you're familiar with. Let me keep going. <laughs> um, the River Wild with Meryl Streep fighting Kevin Bacon on a raft. Sound familiar? No? Nope. Okay. I kind of want to watch right. that, though. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not great, but it's not bad. All right. So then how about... I'm going to have to dig a little deeper. You know what? I think I know which movie you're going to pick then, because I pretty much named all of the movies that were in theaters at that time. Okay, Jason's Lyric. I never saw that one and know very little about it, but that's an option. And then lastly, you could have gone even the night that everything... Fuck is the name of this? No need. The night that no, the night that no need to argue came out. You could have gone to theaters because the Shawshank Redemption was in theaters, and I'm guessing you are familiar with that movie. Sort of. You've heard of it. Tell me you've heard of Shawshank Redemption. I've heard Redemption. of it. Yes. Okay. All right. Remind me what that one's about. So Shawshank Redemption is, and uh, Tim Robbins is unjustly in prison. It's based on a Stephen King novel, but it's not horror at all. And it's like a story about surviving prison, even when you're innocent and in like this terrible place. It's like often hailed as like one of the best movies of all time. Okay, I'd probably see that one. I think I haven't seen it because I knew it was Stephen King and assumed that it was a horror movie. And I don't like horror movies. There's nothing <laughs> remotely horror about it. It's like widely seen as his best film based on his books and it's very much not a horror. So I guess this didn't turn into which one do you prefer because you haven't seen any of these. I mean, you're like, you were not alive yet. So I don't know what I was expecting out of you. It was like 80s John Hughes movies. <laughs> I would have nailed it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of these are pretty obscure. I didn't even mention The Specialist. I think it was Sylvester Stallone. Like, who the fuck cares about that movie? Yeah, anyways. So... Shawshank Redemption. I tell you what, you don't have to do any homework. I'm not like giving you any orders because you live your own life. But if you wanted to see a classic American movie, I would recommend Shawshank Redemption. I'll definitely look into it. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, yeah. and taking your time with me this thank morning. You. Appreciate it. It's good seeing you again. Yeah, you too. Do you want to come back on? Sure. I'll take a look at the other albums. I think a lot of the ones I wanted got taken already. I think I'm going to change that system. I'm going to delete what are spoken for or not, so feel free to hit me up with anything that strikes okay. your fancy. Sounds good. Okay. Good seeing you. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. 
thank you so much for joining me and Pearl talking all about this. Yeah, I'm going to say classic album. Maybe it wasn't classic to me necessarily because I kind of, as I mentioned, missed the boat on it a little bit. But I recognize that it's a classic for a lot of people. And I'm honored to have been able to spend the time talking about it with someone that really loves the album. And I appreciate you all listening. I'm always looking for new guests on the show. And let's be honest, like being the fucking friend that has to hit up the friend and be like, Hey, would you be in my podcast? Uh, sacrifice an hour of your Saturday morning or whatever. It's, I hate being that guy. Please reach out to me. Reach out to me. I'm begging you. Oh God, this is getting desperate. Yeah. So I guess I'm asking you to reach out to me if you're interested, because some of you are, I hope. And if you're not, then I enjoy you listening all the same. But if you want to come on the show, you can email me at 9394podcast at gmail.com. I'm on threads. I'm on Facebook. Um, you could talk about any album pretty much that you want from 93 or 94. At this point in the podcast, I always throw in a suggestion. No one has signed up to do the debut album called Debut from 1993 from the artist Björk. Why do I say it like that instead of Bjork, like most Americans? Because I learned recently that it's pronounced Bjork. It like rhymes with jerk, not Bjork rhymes with pork, which is how I've said it, I don't know, until last year or something. At any rate, classic album with many big singles. Can't talk this era without talking Bjork. So yeah, come on the show and talk about this album, debut with me or whatever album you want. I'm not too picky. So long as it came out in 93, 94, Hell, if it came out in 92 and you got a case to make for it, I'll listen. Just hit me up. All right. Thank you, everybody. I do appreciate your continued support. Take it easy. Ninety-four, a music podcast with Travis Roy is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.